Welcome to TJ Frog's podcast, where I chat about my knitting, dorset buttons and creativity in general, as well as sharing my love of Scotland, especially the Highlands and Islands. Hello, I'm Tanya, aka TJ Frog, or sometimes called the Button Lady. And in my creative business, I predominantly make and promote the traditional craft of dorset buttons, which dates back to the early 1600s, a cottage industry that employed many people in Dorset on the south coast of England. Brought up in Dorset, I now live on the Isle of Skye, and wherever you may be in the world, welcome and thank you for joining me for my 28th episode, All in a Month. Hi there, everyone. I have to be honest, I was not sure quite how to start this episode. I'm at a bit of loss for words, really. I finished off the last episode by saying, I do wonder what this year will hold for all of us. Let's hope it's a good one. Certainly not what any of us could have anticipated. COVID-19 has changed our daily lives, working lives, social lives, family lives, beyond recognition in such a short space of time. Depending on where you are in the world, what country or should I say even what continent you're living on, what country you're living in, what city, town, village, what community, what age you are, what your health is like. All of us are experiencing getting used to different ways of going about our day. And I know that many of you will be in lockdown or self-isolating or self-distancing caring for others, volunteering in your community, or you might well be a key worker who's providing an essential service to others. Many of us have lost our businesses or income overnight with no idea of when we might emerge from this scenario and even when we do, what the the recovery is going to be like. And I also know that some of you are separated from family members at the moment with great concerns for them. And they may even be in a different country or, again, a different continent to you. We're incredibly fortunate where we are and very grateful to live in such a beautiful place where we can just literally walk out of our house, out onto the headland. And certainly those habits I've been talking to you about when I said about getting a bit fitter. Of course, all the exercise classes are no more, but we've completely upped our walking and I feel trimmer already. (laughs) So I think that's one of the things that's going to come out of this for me. Living in a rural area does bring its own challenges though for many of the population and in some ways I kind of feel that the lockdowns actually maybe brought a bit of relief particularly to, to us on Sky. Last week and particularly at the weekend, there was an influx of tourists which put unnecessary pressure on our services whose expertise and time and knowledge is really required elsewhere, particularly, you know, mountain rescue team members, Coast Guard and the the medical services. And we have limited medical services here anyway. Food supplies as well. And also the obvious, the potential of... uh, spreading the virus and bringing it in from further afield without actually even realising that maybe some of those people were actually already in contact with people who had the virus. So lockdown has kind of brought that relief that holiday places are no longer open and people have been told to go home. 
I know that we've all got our own different realities to to deal with at the moment and it is a worrying time for many people on numerous levels. And I do wonder how the next few days, let alone weeks, are going to pan out. I think it is just one day at a time. Although for me, seeing all the different ways in which people and communities are now coming together and all the variety of online activities that are being made available or the coming together of groups that are happening, it's really reassuring and very heartwarming to see. This episode was due out on Sunday and if you saw my video that I did from down on our walk at the beach on Friday, I was talking about it. But so much changed over the weekend so rapidly. I had a couple of tweaks to make to what I wanted to talk to you about. Yeah, hence the the slight delay. This episode then, I've called it All in a Month, really because that was about going from when I spoke to you last month, which was the middle of February, Part of that month, I packed so much in the the second half of February and the beginning of March, particularly on a personal level, because I had a few things planned for me from a a making perspective, a a social making perspective. And then, of course, we've had this this last week, which has just been so unusual. So what have I got for you then? The weather, (laughs) the wet, windy, The wet, windy, can't even get my words out. The wet, windy weather has continued. We had a brief arrival of high pressure just before the weekend, which did bring some welcome relief in the, the present situation. Making, I've got a few things to talk about here because this is, uh, you know, something that was lovely for me this month, or sorry, last month, February, because I visited two festivals and beginning in March, I went, on a knitting retreat to Spain with knitwear designer Di Gilpin. Dorset Buttons. I chat about the difficulties now facing businesses like mine and also tell you a little bit about a couple of my my products. Local Lowdown. I just really touch on what it means about being local at the moment and an online group that I've set up here on Sky. Across the Bridge. While I was in Spain, I took the opportunity to interview Di Gilpin and for this episode, I will bring you the first of two interviews that I did with her. The weather. This month, the weather's pretty much stayed a mixed bag and February and certainly the beginning of March did a pretty good job of contending to be Drake along with January. Because after Storm Kira, we had Storm Dennis. And I think there was another storm after that, although I can't remember the name. And to be honest, the storms just carried on here. I don't really feel like there was a much of a break between them. At the moment, something I'm clinging on to is that first day of spring, because the weather here, the sun burst out, the clouds vanished for a day. And we had a spectacular walk to our local beach. And as I just mentioned, I did a little video down there saying hello to to you, which went out on Instagram. And that night, the air was so crisp and clear that I was able to see the stars without my glasses on, which is actually very unusual. They were just incredible. They were shining so bright. Apparently, the aurora was out that night as well, but I was fast asleep by then, although I have seen some photos of it. 
since then, it's been a pretty mixed bag again. Fairly overcast, more rain, which our ground does really not need at the moment. The week ahead is looking good though, and the sun has well, it looks like it's going to visit us again. Who knows, I might even get out and do some gardening. Or maybe I'll just sit in the garden and knit. I'll let you know next time what I did. Making. So yeah, two festivals for me in February. I very much enjoyed going as a visitor. It's not often I get to go as a visitor these days. And first up was Unravel, which I very much enjoyed. And I'd like to just start off by saying hi to Kate. Uh, Kate listens to the podcast. Hi, Kate, you know who you are. (laughs) I bumped into Kate literally as we entered the the venue and it was a little bit of a bottleneck. It was quite busy. And we managed a very quick chat. And then we sort of went off our, our separate ways, different directions. And I'm sorry that we didn't actually get to meet up again. But it was lovely to see you. For those of you who don't know about Unravel, it's a craft festival held at a place called the Maltings in Farnham down in Surrey and I've known about this venue for for many years and have planned many times to visit Unravel and never quite got there. It's only since going there this year that I read the history page on its website which I found quite fascinating. The website says that early records indicate one part of the building was used as a tannery back in the 1750s and in the mid 1800s it became a brewery and Courage Breweries took it over in 1925 and malting continued until 1956 and then it was no longer economical for it to continue. The building sadly stood empty for 12 years and it looks like there was various development plans and ideas during that time. What happened though was Courage Breweries offered it over to the community at a price below market value with the intention of it becoming an arts and community centre and you can read more on their website about this historical industrial building and how it's been transformed into the place that it is now and it hosts many craft festivals, theatre events, markets, museum, fascinating place does have a quirky layout though and even with a very good map and signage it did challenge me to try and navigate my way around to really make sure I didn't miss out on anything you know that whole FOMO fear of missing out when you go to a yarn festival and you you want to make sure you've seen everything there is to see there was small rooms large rooms high ceilings low ceilings um, a couple of stands in stairwells Every area and space had its own feel, like its own little festival. I think I appreciated just how easy it can be to forget or to miss something. Yeah, my my brain likes to go, well, I say my brain. If I'm walking, so for example, going in a supermarket, I like to walk I either turn left, turn right, and I like to go up and down each aisle. My wonderful TJ staff likes to go in, go and look at the the meat first, then go over to the fish, then go to the vegetables, then go to the fruit. Oh, then we need some household. Oh, then we need... And my head just spins. It's a bit like, um, you know, how you feel when you do a a Kaylee and you've done a really vigorous uh, routine and then you stop and your head feels spinny. Yeah, that happens to me. (laughs) So I like going along or up and down and 
going up, round, sideways, back down, up, around, it does make me feel heady and certainly challenges me. And I know some of you are going to think I'm completely loopy having said that. <laughs> so that was my only thing about the, the show, which has nothing to do with the show. It's just the setup of the, the area. It's a wonderful, wonderful set of buildings. And as I say, I loved how each room had its own feel. And a great event. I I really enjoyed it. It was lovely to go to. What did I buy then, more importantly? Firstly, my pre-planned purchases. Yarn. Yes, I confess I bought some yarn. Albeit definitely a considered yarn purchase and a yarn I've had my eye on for a long time with an intention of a particular pattern I've been thinking of doing for a long time. So the yarn that I got was Countess Ablaze, The English Gentleman, which is a double knit 75% blue face Leicester and 25% Masham mix. And it is divine. It's got a lovely feel, that real sheepiness to it, lovely smell. And yeah, the, the colours are so rich. I got five skeins, which are to make the Aimer sweater by Maddie Harvey. And this is a top-down oversized raglan sweater. And the colours I've got are Tiffany's lipstick. No guesses as to what the colour of that is. A gorgeous deep pink. And Ritual, which is an assortment of purples and greens and pinks. Next up, I stopped by Joe's Toes. And Joe's Toes make and sell slipper kits for newborn sizes right up to a size 14 for adults. And you can also purchase the components separately. And I've been wanting to get a set of their leather soles that they do to put on the bottom of some sock slippers that I've got. Something that had been on my list for far too long were two books by Arnold Cullerford Knitwear Company. Jen and Jim have a great range of books, which are all based around knitting techniques. And two of their their books in their, their range something new to learn about lace and something new to learn about cables. And they've got real handy little tips in, all with photographs. And they've also got pattern projects which incorporate the techniques. I got a pin badge from the BIPOC and Fibre Stand who were there to promote how they're highlighting the work of Black, Indigenous and people of colour. My unexpected purchases then. (laughs) Firstly, from Selena Jane Art. Selena is an artist, an illustrator, printmaker and knitter and I quickly saw not only did Selena have a great selection of cards and products with her illustrations on, there was always some lovely stories being told in her artwork. I got chatting to Selena and to cut a long story short, Selena told me about a book called The Highland Yarn Guide written by Drinwin Hopcraft of Loch Ness Knitting. Not sure how I didn't know about this book, but I, needless to say, now have a copy. And the reason Selena told me about it was because she did all the illustrations inside for it, which includes Sky and TJ Frog gets a mention. I had a wonderful time talking to Selena, who is so full of warmth and energy. Being in her company felt like meeting up with an old friend. I bought a book of hers that she's done called The Journal Shawl, in which Selena has documented through illustration and words by her husband, Luke, the journey of making and creating a lace weight shawl for someone. Some of the illustrations from the book were also available as cards, as are some of the sheep illustrations from the Highland Yarn Guide. 
I always like to have, you know, a handful of cards available. So I was really happy to to purchase these and to be introduced to Selena and her work. Sticking to the card theme, I got some cards from Julie of Tilly Flop, who's expanded her range since I last saw her. And if you don't know Julie, she creates some lovely knitting and crochet and crafting related cards as well as wrapping paper. Now, I bought three rolls of wrapping paper and it was only when I got back to the car armed with my bag of goodies that I realised that these rolls were not going to be the easiest of things to carry back on a plane in my hand luggage. (laughs) With, of course, the key thing of making sure that they didn't get damaged. I thought about trying to unroll them and folding them, but they were really tightly rolled and secured and I didn't want to have to do that. Fortunately, my piece of hand luggage is a a canvas bag and they literally just fitted on the very, very top and I managed to put the bag in the overhead locker without it being crushed by any other bags. I was just so engrossed at the festival about making these purchases and I loved this wrapping paper by Julie that I'd not seen before. I completely forgot we were flying home, which was a lesson learnt. And I'll put a photo up in the show notes to show you this paper just sat there in the top of my bag. I was really fortunate that the festivals that I went to coincided with other trips that I had down south. That was how I ended up being able to to go to them. And the other show was the Stitch Festival, which was held at the Business Design Centre in London. First time it had been held there and also under its revised name of Stitch Festival rather than the Knit and Stitch Show. I arrived at a very wet Islington train station, getting my map out, ready to embrace the walk out in the rain amongst the crowds, when I heard somebody call my name out and I looked up to see Alison Decker Thistlewood, who I'd only seen the previous week at Unravel, where Alison is now the events coordinator of craft for Farnham Maltings that I've just been telling you about. And some of you may also know Alison from Yarn in the City and from Stitchtopia Holidays. So it's lovely to uh, hear my name and see a friendly face and have a chat with Alison and walk to the show with her as well. And I will put a link in the show notes to her website. As you know, I love knitting shawls and I'm very much an, an admirer of the designs by Louisa Harding under her label of Yarn Tellia. Louisa's style is delicate and elegant and I was particularly drawn to her book of shawls, wraps and scarves. Some of them are quite lacy and detailed although I think there's a good mix of sections with stocking stitch in some of them that work for me and Louisa was taking orders for the book and sending them on after the show which worked perfectly for me because I was flying out to Spain the next day for the retreat and of course conscious not to be filling up my bags with heavy stuff to leave a bit of room for what we were going to be getting on the retreat. Something I hadn't planned on purchasing at the show, which might seem a little odd since it's called the Stitch Show, was an embroidery kit. (laughs) There were a lot of cross stitches there and a lot of, of course, sewing related projects. I did cross stitch for many, many years, but something I haven't touched for a long time. But there was a company there, um, you're now going to realise how appalling I am at speaking French, and I am so sorry for this, in Chatons Laguille. Okay, anyway, their stand was beautiful and I will put a picture of it in the show notes and link to their website. They had kits to make pouches, bags, glass cases, hoops and the colours and designs are just gorgeous. 
If you love cats, they had a lot of cat-related ones, beautiful flowers. The kit I bought is to make a little pouch and the design is all hearts, all in pinks, greens and creams. And I really struggled to decide on which one to get. They were they were all beautiful. I'm quite excited to get started on this project. And it has surprised me because I thought my embroidery days were over. I'm not quite sure how my eyes are going to cope with it. But I'll report back next time on how I'm getting on with it because I think I might just have some time on my hands to have a go at this. <laughs> Lastly, before leaving the show, having already got two knitting projects in my suitcase with me packed for Spain. I realised that both of the projects were quite complicated ones. I'd got the sleeves of my ILA jacket, which is lace and cables, and I was on the second part of my caress, my soul shawl, which is lace. And I thought, you know, I'm going to have downtime in the evening. It'd be good just to have something that's not quite so complicated. So I ended up seeing Jen again of Arnold Colourford Knitwear, and I bought a Chopel wool Zuba ball. Hope I said that okay as well. Colourway is Autumn is Timeless, which is a lovely deep purple, cerise pink, turquoisey green colour. The idea was to knit the Hyacinthus arm warmers in their book, A Year in Techniques, which I have. And I planned that I would do that, as I say, in my downtime on the knitting retreat. Needless to say, We had so many projects given to us on the retreat, which you will hear about next episode, that I didn't open any of my knitting projects at all that I took away with me. This ball of yarn travelled with me all the way to Spain and all the way back again. And it got me thinking, how many of us pack lots of knitting projects when we go away and never achieve all of them? I don't know if you're like that, but I certainly am. It's the second time I've done it this year as well. And if I was actually to think about the maths of it, how much knitting I normally achieve in, say, an hour, and then translate that into the amount of time I'm going to be away and how much time when I'm away I'm actually going to have free and then, yeah, do the sums. (laughs) Wouldn't that have been a good sum project to have done when we were at school? In fairness, I have to say that I didn't realise how many projects we were going to do on the retreat. Di was very, very generous with woolen patterns and we were fully occupied with various projects. I was also very grateful that my shoulder was the best it's been for a while. So I was able to knit while continuing to be mindful to not do too much in one session and to watch my posture. Having said that, you know, when you go through the scanner at the airport, I beeped. And of course, I then had to go into the body scanner. You have to put your arms straight up above your head, don't you? While the machine goes around you. Yeah, I just whacked my arm up, not even thinking about it. And my left shoulder just cried out at me. And then I had to go out and stand there with my arm up. And I I had to say to the security guard, I'm really sorry, I've got a shoulder problem. My arm doesn't stay up there like that at the moment. So I did arrive on the retreat, having aggravated my shoulder again. Uh, But fortunately, it it pretty swiftly um, settled down, which was a good thing. Well, what did we get up to on the retreat then? It was the second year Di's run this retreat along with her production manager, Sheila Greenwell. And we were staying in a tiny village in the foothills of the Sierra Nevada. I haven't finished the projects yet from the retreat. 
They're all on my whip par, which I'm slowly working my way through. And as I mentioned, I did two interviews with Dai while we're away. It's the second interview where we actually chat about Spain and the projects. And that's why I'm leaving it to the next episode to tell you more about those. So that's been it really on the personal side of making for me. Not surprisingly, I haven't done any work on my Love Notes jumper or my other projects. But who knows? I am sure... Quite a lot of work will be done on those whips and projects in the forthcoming days and weeks, as well as aspiring to get that new habit of listening and watching more podcasts. And who knows, with how things are panning out for us all, I might even get round to venturing into the blocking bag. Dorset Buttons. In the last couple of weeks, we've watched as many events, which of course has included yarn festivals being cancelled as the reality of COVID-19 started to be realised. And we've faced so much uncertainty over the next few months. And it feels inevitable that we're going to see a lot more events and as I say, specifically yarn festivals cancelled or having to postpone. I said last time that I hadn't actually planned to do any festivals in the first part of this year, so I've been very fortunate not to be affected in that way, although the private events that I had booked in and my workshops have all yeah, been taken out of the, the diary. And I had been due to be in Germany this past weekend at H&H Cologne, which is the annual international trade fair for handicraft and hobby supplies, which was something I hadn't been to before. I had promised subscribers a newsletter by now with the launch of some new products and I held back because I haven't quite yet finalised the format or wording because I have to be honest and say I am conflicted with what I send out and how I say it and what I promote at the moment at a time when I realise that we're all tightening our belts having suddenly found ourselves with little or no income. And I know that mail is still working, it's still being moved around the world. Inevitably, there are some delays, though, to a couple of countries. And I think it's only a matter of time before we start to feel this more widely. Prior to lockdown here in the UK, I had decided to only ship to the UK. And now that we're in lockdown, after much, much thought, I've decided for the time being that the shop will remain open. I will only take orders to the post office though when we go out and need to get food supplies. So there may be delays to your orders, which I think everybody will appreciate and understand. I realise that some of you might want to get a kit um, because you've got more time. You might want to try something new and dorset buttons might be something you've not done before. Or you may get to a stage at some point where you need to buy somebody a birthday present or you might want to send somebody something. So I still want to be able to offer products there if there's something you would like. Our local post office, though, is part of our local shop. And currently, this is housed in a porter cabin because our other shop is being rebuilt. Because of the size of the porter cabin, we are only allowed one person in at a time. So I'm mindful how I manage any post office drop off to avoid holding people up. I am keeping this under constant review as I'm conscious that these services may come under increasing pressure and difficulties. Our public services such as shop assistants, posties and delivery services are working very hard. The unique conditions they're working under adds pressure 
And, you know, people might go down with exhaustion or other ailments, reducing staffing levels and the output they can realistically achieve in this current environment. So if there are any changes, if I decide to close the shop temporarily, I will put that at the top of the online page on the website. I recently did make some Dorset Button brooches for Kirsty of Schiller's Dare here on Sky. And we'd met up earlier this year so Kirsty could see the samples that I had done with her wool. And I was literally about to take them up to the north end of the island so that Kirsty could put them in her shop. This didn't happen as we don't know when it's likely to be able to happen. For the time being, I'm going to put them online in my shop. And I very much look forward to the day when I will be able to get in the car and make my way up to the north of the island and see Kirsty again and uh, put them in her shop. There's also some skill sharing ideas I've had for a long time, which was again one of the projects I was looking to work on in this first half of the year. And fortunately for me, work is still able to continue on some of those projects I had planned because they were based around what I could do and also my TJ Frog staff, aka my hubby helping me out. My first batch of yarn arrived back from the dyers three weeks ago and now begins the big task of sorting all of that out, getting patterns, kits and again one of the strands of work I had planned to focus on at this time. I still have one batch left at the dyers but no idea when that's going to uh, get back to me now. In the meantime, as I say, I'm going to plug away at those projects that were programmed in. So not much has changed for me in that respect. My husband has lost all his work as his business is professional sport. I will definitely be making more use of his time and hopefully getting a few more photographs sorted of some of my TJ Frog business side of things, but also just some of my own personal knitting projects that I keep meaning to photograph and never get around to doing. I shall be getting him onto those. On to the Sky Focus then, starting with the local lowdown. A couple of weeks ago, I had planned to talk to you about a local cafe in this section. Yeah, how quickly things have changed and moved on. Their business, like many, has shut overnight. In light of the current situation, though, I thought just thinking local was even more important right now. I feel, as I've said, incredibly fortunate to live in such a beautiful place. And I've seen how the community has rallied around this past week. And I'm going to talk about this more in the next episode. My small contribution at the moment is I've set up an online crafting group for people here on Sky. I also helped move our book club over to an online group. And we had our first book club meeting on Monday night, which was great. And we had our first online crafting session on Tuesday afternoon. And I've seen many people doing similar things. And if you're not yet familiar with Zoom, then do take a look at this software package if you want to try and set something up to keep connected. Faye Dashper Hughes of the Crochet Circle podcast and the Provenance Craft Company has been using this for quite some time now for her monthly global hookup sessions. And Faye has put some useful information about hosting groups on Zoom on her blog. And I'll put a link to that in the show notes. Our first virtual crafting session on Sky went very well and it was lovely to see so many people from across the whole of the island join in and I'm planning at the moment to run it twice weekly and see how that goes. Lastly, today's interview, Across the Bridge. 
It's a lovely interview. I've mentioned it already. It's with knitwear designer Di Gilpin. And we managed to persuade Sheila Greenwell, her production manager, to join us as well. They are both very special people to me. Warm, friendly, humble, extremely talented and just lovely company to be in. I've spoken about Di and her work on here before and I wanted to get Di on the podcast for a very long time now. So it was great that the opportunity arose on the retreat. This interview focuses on the wonderful relationship between Di and Sheila. And if you've ever met them at a show or been on a workshop with them or been to their studio, then you will have been privy to this. In the interview, we hear about how they met and how they came to be working together, as well as just experiencing the dynamics of their relationship through the chat we have. We're sat outside on one of the terraces at the place we were staying at. And there's a little bit of banging noise at one point, and that's just from the metal table that we were all sat at. What struck me, though, when I first listened back to this interview when I got home was the lovely bird song in the background. Oh, it's, it's just beautiful throughout. And just towards the end as well, just so you're aware, we hear a couple of knitters having a conversation because they were actually out on the terrace above us. A couple of them were exchanging words and the the sound travelled across. Take a listen in to us. We had a lot of fun making this. Welcome, Di and Sheila, to the TJ Frog podcast. Thank you very much for joining me today. Oh, we're so excited. Thank you for inviting us. (laughs) Very kind. Well, this is, yeah, a great honour for me to have both of you here today doing this podcast because when I first took up knitting again back in 2008, I was on a retreat in France and one of the other attendees told me about a knitwear designer called Di Gilpin. Oh no! (laughs) Really? And it wasn't until four years later... Uh, at Shetland Wool Week, the first one I attended, and the first day I was there, I had booked onto your Gamsey knitting. Oh yes, course. yes, we remember it well, <laughs> very well, in lots of different ways. Yeah, very happily. Good. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was when you were just about to launch. Well, you were launching. Your... We were launching Laland. Yep, we had our first dozen colours, and we had our pattern, and we were ready to go and you still have yours which I think your project which you knitted which I found really quite touching thank you (laughs) well I absolutely loved it and I loved that a we did some of the the Gansey stitches and we learned about some stories around Gansey knitting but also that you encouraged us to put in our own little motif as well yes quite a few people did and went on to explore it and make quite a few pairs and personalise them, which is really the Gansey thing, is that you can put in your initials, you know, you can add little symbols that have meaning to you. And, um, yeah, I think people really loved that element of it. Yes. Yeah. And the gussets, of course. <laughs> the gussets. <laughs> the gussets. We love the gussets. I get a huge amount of wear out of these and I and I think it kind of is almost feels like the start of my journey because I had put TJ Frog Isle of Sky little code into my little mitts and I hadn't yet started my business then. It was something I knew was gonna happen. Oh that's so amazing. It's so. really so nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Yay. And here we are. Eight years later, sat here on a beautiful sunny day in the 
Alpujara. Have I said that right? Alpujara. Alpujara. Sheila's really good at Spanish. <laughs> so, no, it's, the, the Scottish accent lends itself to the Spanish h sound, okay. as in loch. Yes. It's, it's that sound. Okay, that's so, not something I can see. No, Alpujara. It's wonderful. Which is, which is an area in the Sierra Nevada mountains in the south of Spain. And it's um, this incredible place which was developed by the Moors okay. and the Berber peoples and they helped irrigate it and create this little kind of Garden of Eden high up in the mountains so it's really special. Beautiful, it is mm. a beautiful stunning place and we're going to come back a little bit later in the podcast and hear a little bit more about Di's connection with this area mm. and the inspiration it's given her and also mm. what we've been, been doing here. But first of all, I want to kind of step back in time <laughs> to find out and hear a little bit more about Di and Sheila, this wonderful double act. <laughs> if, you, if you say so. <laughs> yeah, tell us about how you came together in the knitting world and with your business, yes. Well, Well, I'd moved from Sky some years before and I was in near St Andrews with my studio and we were doing various projects. And Sheila, how did we first meet? I remember. <laughs> I remember uh, because I moved back to St Andrews, having been a student there many decades before. I moved back just as Di was closing her amazing wool shop in town. But I did actually know where she was moving to. And just round about then, I was asked by someone I knew if I could recreate for her husband a Shetland-style Fair Isle sleeveless sweater that he had lost somehow on a trip abroad. I was, I was interested by this because the, the man who had lost this was actually a professor of French at St Andrews University and I had been a student of French at St Andrews University. Okay. It all seemed to make sense to me. And so I with my client, I suppose you could call her, turned up at Di's studio one Saturday afternoon to buy the yarn because it was all there in cones. Um, and, and then the most amazing thing happened. My uh, client, Janet, who wanted to me to knit this slipover for her husband, um, turned out to know a lot about Skye. They went there every year. So... I sat back and listened while Di and Janet had this amazing Yes, talk. I remember very well. And we, we, we talked about a particular beach, the, the coral, coral Beach. The Coral Beach, Near Dunvegan, right. which I used to swim from and it is a real favourite of mine. And it's, you know, the colours there are exquisite. So there's, because of the coral, there's a kind of turquoise, a beautiful turquoise colour in the sea and blues and creams and little bits of almost pink but not quite pink so we had this great conversation and Sheila listened in and together we put pulled together some amazing colors didn't we to make nine colors this design based on the coral beach and so it was really quite fortuitous and I realized instantly that I was talking to a serious knitter <laughs> and um... no, no, what, what she said what she said to me was please bring it back when it's finished and let me see it. Ah. And I said, okay. So when it was finished, and before we did 
before I took it back to to Janet and handed it over, um, I I took it up to to show die, and then I got a phone call a little while later saying there's a big project going on. Do you have some spare time and can you help? We'd love you to help, and that was more or less how it started. And we never looked back, really. No, <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to. <laughs> Am I right in saying that you'd actually retired at this point? I had stopped. I had stopped teaching by this time. I'd done thirty years, and I was in a position where I I was fortunate enough to be able to retire from teaching. Not because I stopped loving teaching, but the the paperwork, the inspections, everything. I yes. stopped loving that. Yeah. So, as I say, I moved back to St Andrews. My husband hadn't yet finished work so I did have time on my hands and I was able to take up knitting again because I started to knit when I was very very small and had always loved it so yes this has been I think I hope great for both of us and completely fortuitous (laughs) completely it's brilliant and I and I I love seeing both of your interactions together as well because you you bring different things to the <laughs> totally yes. different things to the table yes. we are we are very much uh, a yin and yang couple if you like yes um, we are Dai has strengths that I could never have and I some of my talents com- complement hers and that's the way it works yes they do but we have a an overall aesthetic that's the same that we both understand we both understand what we're looking at in terms of knitting and we both agree totally on the way things are made which I think is really crucial you know we're both lovers of double pointed needles and knitting in the round and super long needles we both knit in the northern style the Scottish style with the, the needle under the arm to create a great tension we love tension um, I've been told I'm a tucker. Is that the name for That's it? a very dangerous name. I, I, I have been told I am a tucker. In other words, I, I always have a needle under my arm. And I, people, when people ask me why I knit like that, I always say, well, this is how I was taught to knit when I was very young and I'm too old now to change. Mm. And I have no intention of changing yeah. because that's mm-hmm. how I achieve my tension. Mm-hmm. I think that's true. A lot of us do knit the way we were taught absolutely and it's only maybe that you might change through perhaps you know if you get rsi or something and you mm. realize you need no, to absolutely. change your position or if you do really get attracted by a new mm-hmm. method and yeah. you want to try it yes i mean new techniques are we're, we're still learning there's still lots that we have to find out and explore but i remain steadfastly true to to what my auntie taught me to do when I was small um, as the basis for what I do Mm -hmm. that's the basis and then there are lots of other avenues that you can go down but that's the basis and Sheila's teaching skills yes still being used today within the business from a couple of perspectives legendary legendary um (laughs) I have to say, and of course Sheila looks after all our knitters, mm. so of which we have up to 30, and it's her patience and ability to show and explain people how things need to be done yes. that really adds so much to, to what I do and to what we do. It's the clarity, I think, which comes with it, which really helps people progress. So we have a, 
excellent knit club which has been going for years and people have really learned a lot through coming every week and getting that support and the knitters you know if there's a new technique we're using for some of the work we do in fashion then Sheila you know really breaks it down into all the different things that need to be done how the needle needs to be held how tight the yarn needs to be pulled on a changeover of colour or whatever and I think that allows you know kind of my design side to become more excellent Right. For, for it to, you know, if I make something that is unknittable or just not very nice to knit, Sheila's the first to... <laughs> to say no. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not going to work, but... <laughs> And I know, I know that moment because she'll put her, 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 her spectacles down onto her nose, <laughs> raise her eyebrows and look at me and nothing else needs to be said. That's it. So I'll backtrack and go on to another direction. I think I actually did see that look one day this week. And I thought to myself, I can see a little bit of myself in Sheila because I remember my doing that to my bosses, a couple of my bosses at work, and they'd go to me, Tanya, you're giving me that look again. The look. The look. It's the look. Absolutely. It's the yeah. Look. yeah. No words required. It is the look. I think you've brought out there, though, your the spectrum with which you're working on you know you're working from the very new knitter right up to designing for yes. very specific individual hand knit mm-hmm. projects for top fashion houses and I mean that's immense you know it what is. you have mm-hmm. built up doing yes that. and and you know we're very passionate about education and teaching mm. and sharing yeah skills you know and um we've always got time for people that that want to learn that really want to know more. We know we need to know more. Knitting is fantastic because it is every day there's something new and a new challenge, a new problem to solve. A lot of it is problem solving, how to get the perfect edge. You know, what a good edge stitches. The right cast on. Even before you start a project, thinking about what is the best cast on for this project? How do I need to make the edges right? A, for sewing up if it's in sections or if you're going to be doing increasing, decreasing. Everything has to be considered. And I think Sheila and I are very good at considering things and, you know, sitting down together and looking at something and and asking the questions. Yes. What do we need to do to make this just perfect? So that's our strengths, I think. And I think we complement each other and we have fun. (laughs) We do. We tease each other. Oh, <laughs> absolutely. And and apparently that has been part of this week's entertainment. <laughs> unwittingly, half unwittingly, half deliberately. But it is just how we interact. Yes. And and one one of our um, yeah one of our companions this week said, um, you know, I would pay good money to see the to see the die and Sheila show. <laughs> And I thought, well, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. So how long has it been now then? It's been ten, ten, years. Ten, uh, ten years. Well, no, I would say probably nine. You see, we can't even agree on that. <laughs> we can't even agree but on I that. But I met you before then in the shop in St Andrews. Well, once briefly. Yes. Once very briefly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as I say, sadly, 
for me in some ways, but wonderfully in other ways. I closed the shop in St Andrews and created a design studio in the Bothy, in her garden. And really, when I became involved in the in the company, that was always where I went. Uh, so it was it was my home from home for for quite a few years, and our new studio is is wonderful as well. I have one of the most lovely commutes in the whole world, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we are really blessed actually to be working on this amazing estate, which is organic, really thoughtful. We have lots of creatives around us, and guitar makers, stained glass makers. You know, the team's grown, and we all get on incredibly well. So. You know, the mornings are hilarious and um, (laughs) far too many biscuits. I was going to mention the coffee. I wasn't going to mention the biscuits. Well, yes. I was going to stick to the coffee. Yes. A a cup of good coffee always helps. A cup of good coffee in the morning. Always helps. And, yeah, everybody is... It's a very jolly place. Yeah. There's always something going on. Although what I would like to know is what what Kirsty, our wonderful colleague who looks after all the yarn and sales and everything for us I would like to know what Kirsty means when she says I'm going to channel my inner Sheila <laughs> to deal with this I need to sit down with Kirsty and get get the definition because she said it more than once really? yes do you think so, that's the bit when you told me that when I had to be stern that I needed to put my finger into a drawer and shut it shut and then I in. would be able to say anything I'm just not sure that came from somebody else actually that was a recommendation I'm just from a dear friend but yes yes I do sometimes say that Di is is too nice I know that I'm not too nice there's no chance of that oh you are but I I do know extremely nice and supportive Sheila thinks about everything she thinks around around everything. Yes. So she thinks about every person involved. Right. To make sure that everybody's comfortable. Yes. And I do, but in a different way. I, I kind of come at it from a different place. So I'm very conscious of how people feel and you know yes you come it from an emotional i more, come more, more emotional, emotional. Okay. i'm a way. bit more practical, practical. And okay. so that's more practical. The, that's the, the 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 different i'm always you know my head in the clouds thinking up crazy notions and stories and you know kind of following them through and what's really beautiful is that everybody follows me yes apart from that point when it gets a bit too much. And then I've got <laughs> Sheila to say, hang on here. <laughs> stop, just stop. Just rein it in a little Just rein bit. it in a bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I did used to use a phrase, I try not to use it anymore, but sometimes I did feel that I was saying less is more an awful lot. And I don't. Yeah. I hardly need to say that now, do I? No, I've been really oh. well trained over the last few years. <laughs> So I'm kind of like, you know, I know, I know now. I've I've got boundaries. It's really good. Oh, the school teacher for a little This is embarrassing. This is really embarrassing. No, it's absolutely true. It's all in the yeah. best way. It's all in the best yeah. way. It's, it's because just... actually, in in the company, I have to look at every aspect of it of course, every yes, day. Yeah. So. Um, you know, it, it's it's not just the production and the development of designs for the fashion houses. It's our own designs. 
it's the yarn it's thinking up new colors yes. new names naming things really yes. <laughs> you know and then the social media then all the emails about yes. pattern questions and just the overarching of running a business and yes. having a business yeah you know? so i kind of have to be up there looking at it all yes. and i suppose sheila's made me feel that i'm in safe hands to be able to do that yes and i couldn't do it without sheila and and so it is a complete team you know which and we complement each other in the right way and we can see the funny side of it all yeah which we absolutely do have to see the funny side of it all humor humor gets us through it does it really does it does through it does what of the future then well there's a lot going on there's a lot going on. going on. Um, we've developed an Aran weight to the Laland range. We've added some new colours. Um, there's lots of interest in Gansies, which is one of our yes. favourite things. And maybe a book coming in the future for that, which would be really exciting. We've been talking to a publisher. Um, we're dev- you know, devoting a lot of time to new design work. Kind of doing more in the states because we've got a growing number of stores yes. stocking the laland yeah. and quite a few people want us to go out there so um that's really exciting and preparing for next year's retreat we've got a lovely retreat in ely okay. coming up in may and more workshops so it's more like a, it's almost developing into like a school of knitting in a sense yeah. you know the studio and we want to invite more people to come and teach from there because it's we've got amazing facilities and you know we really want to to be able to share that yes. and bring new ideas in there's um a couple of new designers who have made the first tentative designs for us which is really exciting in both the Sorsha yarn and the laland and you know we're going to be you know hoping more people will want to design for us and with us um, Sarah Hazel, a knitting magazine, has done a beautiful design. You know, that's exciting when people start to really want to work with you and work with the yarn. Yes. We did a project with Julie Knits in Paris and various other people for another company. And I think that's very much the way forward, actually. And of course, we've got the design work for um, La Fetiche. Yes. And we've also doing a small project with a company called Atla which is bringing in yarn dyed by Schillister yes, on, on Sky, yes. with yarn, the yarn from Uistwool, um, and we've, we've designed what I call a mountain hat. Oh, it's very much a mountain hat. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Sheila. It's, it's a substantial piece of knitting. It's yeah. a substantial what piece of knitting. <laughs> and it looks, like, it looks like the corries on the, on the, on the Coolin Mountains okay. so, and the ridges. Oh. Okay. Up at the top, and the it's shaping. reversible as well, oh, <clears throat> so you get two different yeah. mountain looks. Yeah, and also how wonderful that all those Scottish businesses absolutely together. fantastic. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so the provenance is divine. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely brilliant. Well, I shall be following you both for many years to come. Oh, Tanya, <laughs> we're following you. <laughs> absolutely, we're all we're going round in a little circle together. <laughs> I love being in your company and I love what you both do and yeah as I say it was uh, yeah it's quite emotional that these were at the sort of it start, is. Right before, start. Uh, before I'd even really got going yes. so, and I wear them all the time these little mitts. And now, now that we've had the benefit of your teaching with that amazing <laughs> Dorset Buttons introduction yesterday <laughs> afternoon uh, yes that that 
that I've I've always known that it it um, couldn't possibly be as straightforward as you made it look, and we found that out yesterday. <laughs> we didn't certainly we did. We certainly did. <laughs> yes, that was quite funny yesterday. So, Turning um... the tables in the nicest possible way. <laughs> my two wonderful teachers here, Diane and Sheila, became my students. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. Yes, it was hilarious. It's it was hilarious. Fun. Yes. We hope you're going to come and, and teach at the studio, I'd Tanya, to. this year. Thank you. I'd really love to. Yeah. But thank you both very much indeed for Our joining pleasure. me on the Total podcast. pleasure. Mm. And we will catch up with Di later to hear a bit more about Spain. Yay. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tanya. Perfect. Big hug. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I've loved listening back to this interview. I think it really captures the nature of their friendship and their business working relationship. What I totally forgot to ask, though, and I really must do at some point because I'm dying to know, is if Janet and her husband of the lost sweater realised the part that they played in Di and Sheila coming together. What a great story. One of those stories where all these occurrences and connections and shared experiences add up to the meaning I've always been intrigued as to how Di and Sheila ended up working together. And I knew there was a St. Andrew's link, but didn't know the, the full story. And it was lovely how there was that sky link as well and how the design ended up being based on Coral Beach. Talking of Coral Beach, it's a place I've never been to. <laughs> Oddly enough, it was on our list to visit this month. And of course, it will now have to wait for another day. I also got carried away with my chat with them that I actually got my dates wrong. It was 2013 when I met them, so seven years ago, which was actually my second visit to Shetland Wool Week, not my first. <laughs> the project that we worked on there is a, is a design called Shao Ganzi Mittens and the pattern is on Dai's website and Dai currently has a spring offer on all of her knitting patterns, 50% off until the 19th of April. And if you want to find out more about Di's retreats and workshops, then do take a look at her website and sign up to her newsletter, which is where you usually hear first about these. I will also put a photo of my mittens in the show notes. And although you can't specifically see the TJ Frog Isla Sky written on the front of the mittens, because of what the stitch count was going across, there's not a gap between each of the letters. I did a knit and purl stitch pattern, sometimes using part of the previous letter to form the next letter. I really love them. I mean, I, I wear them all the time. Do listen into the next episode to hear from Di again about her love of Spain and the, and the region we were staying in and the inspiration that she gets from it. And as I say, you'll also be able to hear from that interview about the retreat and the projects that we made. Another episode draws to a close then and yeah, I can't imagine where we'll be, what will have happened by the time I get to releasing another episode for you. If you would like a little cheer brought to your day in some small way, then check out hashtag COVID Kaylee, where musicians are bringing a little Scottish reel, jig, pipes, yeah, a little snapshot of music each day and it's, it's worth listening into. Wherever you are then, stay home, stay safe 
and reach out for support if you need it. In the meantime, you can find the show notes on the website at tjfrog.co.uk. And if you'd like to get in touch, either drop me a line at tanya at tjfrog.co.uk or via the contact page on the website or on Facebook and Instagram as tjfrogsky, Twitter as tjfrogmakes and Ravelry as tjfrog. The music's by Ron Paintant and is licensed from Melody Loops and called One Frog for a Print. Bye for now. Till next time.